episode of Squad Up, podcast about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo, and joining me on the show today, and all of his bonnet-wearing glory, it's that man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Peaches. Peaches, what's up, man? Mr. Peaches is my father. Oh, you know, I've already made that joke. Yeah, yeah it was, I think it was the title of an episode. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, man? I messed uh, up. For, for all the people listening... Peaches has a bonnet on, and if you want to see what that looks like, twitch.tv slash peaches, and you will see this man wearing a straight-up bonnet. I can't tell if it's like a lady bonnet or a baby bonnet, because from behind, it looks like a lady bonnet, but from the front, you look like a big old baby. I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I do, though, I do, though want to reiterate, uh, actually make a little correction for you. Um, the only time you will see me in the bonnet is today this saturday and this sunday because we just get one week of bonnet so you got to come to the stream pretty soon if you want to see it yeah absolutely Um, take it where you can also joining us uh from the shadows of sound engineering it is the man himself the sound lord chris what's up man Uh, we've got a lot to talk about there's been a lot of news a lot of crazy stuff has happened a lot of really interesting stuff has happened there's gdc last week there was um What's happening today? PAX, PAX East. And there was some news from that. But first, I want to talk to both of you about what you've been playing because I've been playing some absolute gems. But I'm curious to hear both of you. Let's start with Peaches because, as we all know, he is just a broken record. So he's going to say the same stuff he always does. So Peaches, let's hear hear the crazy things you've been playing. Boy, do I have a surprise for you. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I have been playing Bloodborne and Grand Prix World. Okay, so yes, we have been playing those things. But Eduardo, I want to tell you something that will warm your little heart. Ooh, and that, and that is that the other day, uh, I didn't want to play Bloodborne off stream because I was about to fight a boss. Like I could tell I was about to fight a boss. And I didn't want to play Grand Pooh World 2 off stream because I'm just not going to do that. And so I decided in my free time before i went to bed to play marvel's spider-man for playstation 4 hey you finally started whoa yeah (laughs) look at this guy i did i finally played it i played through like what is supposed to be the intro mission and i got a level up and it was fun i gotta say um i I know you said this before when we talked about spider-man sort of extensively but i didn't really truly understand it because i wasn't the one experiencing it but the way that you swing through the city in that game really feels like you are participating in the web slinging. Like it really feels like you are putting in the work. I don't know if that makes sense, but that that, that makes perfect sense. And I, I I think that's where the game get really gets it really right. Like there's a fast travel system in the game that you can use, and I've used it a couple of times because you get these really funny scenes of um, Spider-Man standing in the subway, like. Yeah. He's like talking to people or like on his phone or something. Uh, <laughs> but for the most part, it is so enjoyable to swing around the city in that game that you never really need to use fast travel because you're just having a fun time get, getting point A to point B, which makes the idea of an open world game where there's just stuff littered to do across the map really intriguing because not only is there stuff to do everywhere, but it's fun just getting to those places. So it's really fun to just kind of go off in that game and just kind of 
do whatever you run into and just kind of keep going in that cycle rather than, you know, following this sort of linear path. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna learn that now that I'm out of the you know, the kingpin tutorial stuff. Like Yeah, you kinda will. have yeah. the city right in front of me. So I'm excited and to see gonna, what's in there. You're gonna get more abilities too that will open up the traversal even more. And once you get going, you'll learn how to go really fast. You're you're gonna get some other options for web swinging and for like point launching like off of the sides of buildings and you'll the more you play the more you're just gonna be able to just string this all together like it's second nature like like and i know everyone says like you're spider-man but seriously right. that's what it feels like it really like, makes you feel like Spider-Man. yeah <laughs> the yeah, ign cool. joke it is so much fun it yeah is. it's a yeah. it's a i, I, mean, I gotta it, get more into that game again i haven't played we gotta while. i mean is it too far to say i mean because it's tough because arkham city is a masterpiece but Spider-Man might be the best video superhero adaptation video game that they might have ever been. I mean, I think the Arkham games kind of come close, but it's a similar, I think it's a similar system. Mm-hmm. Um, but Have Spider-Man you played is... Lego Marvel? Yes. Yeah, I know. I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> I will say, I think it is more fun to be Spider-Man than it is to be Batman. Yep. And I think that's what, I mean, Batman, you know, the Arkham games, great, but I and let me let me just yeah. say the Arkham games get carried a little too heavily by Mark Hamill, and I think Mark Hamill really elevates those games to a level probably superior to where they actually play. But man, Mark Hamill is just so good that you're like, oh, yes, you're like floored the whole time you're playing that game. The game might not be as good, but Mark Hamill sitting there doing like Joker stuff like he does, you know, like it's. <laughs> No it's one, so much fun. No one jokers like Mark Hamill. It's just nope, it's, he's so good uh, except so, jared leto okay let's not talk about that <laughs> love of God. okay so instead of, so we've got we've got some some kaizo which you've always been doing good at um mm. you've got the bloodborne which you're bloodborne in and then you've got some spider-man anything else on your list um i did possibly play some stuff this weekend with sound lord himself yeah oh uh, that's right you guys did a thing video yeah game. I wanted to let him say those things because I don't think he's played any other ones. I think he's mostly been all business. Uh, <laughs> have you been all business? I have actually played a few new games today. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, I will start though that over the weekend, um, as alluded to in Peach's <laughs> stream recently, uh, I made my way down to sunny florida for my bachelor party weekend uh peaches is one of my groomsmen and we we got a we got a cabin at a can i say where it was yeah you can say where it was at disney's fort wilderness resort and campground uh, <laughs> i use proper nomenclature uh um, yeah, you do i think i think that's what it is um they might have changed the name i don't know but uh but yeah we got a cabin so there were six of us uh six of us there and we had some other friends come over and join us as well for a couple of nights. But, you know, we weren't out eating far too much food uh, or visiting <laughs> the theme parks. Uh, we were uh, playing a lot of different games. Uh, we had multiple switches there. So we had a lot of six. Uh, how, did we ever get up to eight people playing at a time? Smash no, Brothers? I, th- I think when Robbie and Adam were visiting, I think we might have had seven. Yeah, so I don't think to, we got quite to eight. Yeah, because not everybody played, 
but we had multiple things going on too. Yeah. Um, Almost yeah. had a great cave offensive. Yes. Oh man. I, I'm a little sad that we didn't, but I got to try some things in the smash I hadn't done before, like uh stage swap. That was not a mode I had actually gotten a chance to play with yet because yeah, same. I don't have anyone near me that to play locally with. So um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Smash Brothers is just so much better in person. And not just because the online is questionable at times, but it's just that is a fun game to play in a room with a bunch of people. And oh yeah, so, definitely. So that was a lot I, of fun. I liked when we played the shenanigans mode. Shenanigans was fun. It was a mode that another one of his groomsmen named where the stages were swapping and there were actually items. Yeah, I felt like I actually had a chance against these guys because items sometimes helped me, but I think yeah. the whole weekend I only won once. <laughs> you won Dude, one of the Eduardo. non-shenanigans modes too, though. So didn't, didn't you did win? I, a, I, th- I thought you won like a straight up game at one point. I might mm, be wrong. I don't think I did. I think I was yeah. about to beat you in our very first match and then I didn't. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was a sad weekend for Smash and Peaches. It was a fun weekend, but it was, it was fun, sad yeah. as on the winning front. Yeah. <laughs> next time I have a bachelor party. Well, uh, okay. We, uh, or no, next time, next time we get together, <laughs> we will all because I'm including myself in this need to like practice like a little bit more the week before because the only uh, Smash Brothers I'd played like in the time leading up to the uh, to this trip was on the airplane down. So. Uh, <laughs> So I was not, I was a little rusty, uh, but yeah, but we played fine. Um, I'm trying to think if we, I don't think we played any of the video. Oh, we played some, uh, some Jackbox, uh, party pack. Mm. Always uh, a good time. Uh, yep. party pack five, which I had not played before. I've played party pack three, uh, but we played a few of the games in uh, party pack five. There was the one split the room, which is sort of twilight zone style. But what you're supposed to do is, uh, uh, you have to fill in a blank for like a scenario but you have to fill in a blank where you think that half the room will vote one way and half the room will vote another way. Uh, so that one was kind of fun. But the absolute best thing was the rap battle game. Where <laughs> so dumb. It is like a post-apocalyptic world where giant <laughs> transformer robot type things have taken over and they match you up against another person that's playing and it is a, uh, it's a rap battle. So they will ask you to provide a word and they'll tell you what kind of word, like Mad Libs. It'll be like a plural noun or a color or something. And then it will plug that word into a verse and then have you write a second verse that rhymes with it. And then they'll do that again. And then your robot will use a text-to-speech thing and your robot will actually perform the rap. And it's done as a rap battle. And then everyone votes on who had the better rap. And it was hilarious. I had so much fun with that game. And I want to play it again. Um, and played some uh, some regular some board games as well. I was able to play Betrayal for the first time in a long time, which I enjoyed. Um, as for other things I've been playing, I'm trying not to go on too much longer. Um, although Peach has just walked away, so maybe I have to stall. No, um, no, you're good. I have you in my ear. This this. Oh, okay. Um, no, my new headphones that I got. The cord on them is like eight miles long so i can walk all around my room without taking them out excellent well yeah we um uh on the plane back on the plane ride back i decided that i wanted to play some hollow knight because i hadn't played it in a while and i actually had not attempted the true final boss of that yet i had beaten the 
I've gotten the the quote unquote bad ending. Um, but there were other things I wanted to do, so I've finally started attempting the true final boss. I have not beaten it yet. Um, it is that is a very difficult game, but it's a great game. I did that uh, earlier today, and then um, I picked up a few other games. A couple I've been on an indie spree lately. Uh, I uh, I started playing Minute. Have you played that? Have you heard of that one? I don't know what no, is. what is that? Minute. Okay, Other than 60 seconds. It is spelled <laughs> M-I-N-I-T. Um, but it's like a top-down. It's a very like lo-fi kind of graphics. Uh, but what it is, is you have 60 seconds to play. Uh, and you have to go on an adventure, and you will like find an item. And then after 60 seconds, you die, and you start back over in your house again. But now you have the item. So every time you find new items, you get to keep those items whenever you start over again. And you can explore oh, the world. Cool. And if within a minute you find another house or another place to stay, then the next time the game starts over, you'll start over there. So you have to find these houses and hotels and stuff. Uh, so the things that you do in your in those 60 seconds will carry over to your next life. Um, but it's I've, I only played it for a little while, but it is really fun. Kind of a, a, a clever idea. Uh, I like roguelikes like that. That sounds yeah. fun. Uh, speaking of roguelikes, it's a genre that's like, that's like burgeoning right now, right? Like roguelikes are just this genre on the rise. I feel like there are more, as we go on, there are more and more roguelikes every day. Yeah. This one isn't quite a roguelike because I think it is just one set map. Like it's not randomly generated Mm. or anything. Um, but it is kind of exploring. Um, I started playing, uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer today. Um, is that already available? Well, this is the original game. Uh, okay, oh. so so any of you who uh, paid attention to the Nindies, um, the the Nintendo Direct from last week, they were announcing all the all the new Indies that are coming to the Switch. The last one is a crossover game between this game that I had not actually heard of before, called Crypt of the Necro Dancer, and Legend of Zelda. And what Crypt of the Necro Dancer is, and then this Zelda game is going to be just like it. It's actually a rhythm based roguelike game. Because it'll randomly generate a dungeon, uh, and you actually move and attack to the rhythm of the music, and it's got like this techno soundtrack. And it, I only played it for you know maybe twenty minutes, but it is a lot of fun. And, when did uh, that game come out? I don't know, but it was on sale for three dollars on the PlayStation on PlayStation Plus last week. So I got it. I downloaded it right before I left for Florida. <laughs> Smart. Got to because um, I was like, oh, I want to play this before. Um, uh, Cadence of Hyrule is the Zelda version that is coming out. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so I played a little bit of that. Um, Baba is You is another indie game I've been playing lately. Um, I, I over here didn't say the games we played this weekend because I thought you were going to be like busy or something, and you played every game that exists. I played. I played. <laughs> I, I got out of work early today, uh, so so I played a lot of video games. Um, Baba is You. If you haven't heard of that one, you play as this little. I don't even know what to call it. This little guy called Baba. And it's, again, a sort of a top-down puzzle game. Kind of reminds me a bit of, like, if you're going way back here, Chip's Challenge or The Adventures of Lolo, where it's, like, just a one, like, discrete level. And you have to solve the puzzle to get through. Um, but there are words that you can push around. And if you move the words, it's a sheep. Okay, Baba is... Oh, that makes sense. Baba is a Baba. sheep. Baba. Uh, yeah. Nah. Um, but you... <laughs> You actually will. 
I'm over here wearing a bonnet and you tricked me into saying baba. Oh man. All I need oh, is a, I'm is really, a shepherd's cane. I'm real excited that you're in Toy Story 4 because I missed you in Toy Story 3. Uh, um, you know, it's I had a had a lot of work to do in the background. Yeah, but uh <laughs> anyway, uh so you push these words around so like it'll say like on the screen in the level somewhere like baba is you and uh wall is stop. Um but if you push the word wall away from is stop, the wall will not stop you anymore, so you can walk through walls. Uh, if you push wall into like over so where it says is you, then now you're moving the walls. Uh, so it's almost like a programming. <laughs> like that's the only way I can think of describe it. It's like programming. So you can do like is and and are are like the modifiers, and there are lots of different things. It's it's kind of a, a brain bender, but it, it's a it's a lot of fun um brain bender bending rodriguez oh today 20th anniversary of futurama's premiere by the way yeah it is yeah one more game and then i'm done i'm pretty sure uh what was the last game that i started playing today uh no i get no i guess that was it um i downloaded a couple other games i haven't had a chance to play yet i got um piku niku um and uh Night in the Woods and Okami HD. I had some Amazon money. Uh, there you but, go. So I bought myself a a, a Nintendo gift card. Dude, have you played games, Okami so. before? And I haven't. Uh, this is, the, this is oh. gonna be my first time playing Okami. I'm very excited. Dude, you're gonna you're gonna love it. It's basically Dog Zelda. That's what like, I have heard. Like I remember when it first like came out. Really pretty Dog Zelda. Yeah, I'm real excited. Uh, oh man. Si, have you ever read the comic "The Wicked and the Divine"? No, no, it's a, it's ending soon. It's a, it's a good comic. It's about um, like every hundred years or something, these various gods from different religions like come to Earth, and in this particular generation, they are all like pop stars because that's like what the closest thing to a god is on Earth right now. <laughs> um, but Amaterasu is one of the characters in it. Who is the? I believe the main. Oh, that's amazing, Okami. So, dude, so, I th- that's interesting. That sounds fun. Yeah, I haven't played Okami in a long time. I wasn't good enough to beat that game when I when it came out, but I want to go back and play it because I enjoyed what I played of it, and it reminded me of Zelda. Then, obviously, I could probably beat the game now, but yeah. You know what I was thinking of earlier? Like this is on my brain, and I don't know why I just decided I want to talk about this. So sorry if this detracts from what you're about to try to say eduardo but when we were talking about roguelites roguelikes for a second earlier i was thinking that like it's definitely true that they're kind of in their prime currently but they've always been around they just haven't been around in the form of like a game people would pay money for because roguelikes have existed in like the flash universe i don't mean I don't mean the character, the Flash, but like Flash. I was thinking. Yeah, yo, that one. Yeah, the Mardi Gras universe. (laughs) They have they have existed in in Flash gaming since like, um, since like Funny Junk was around. Like you could play roguelike games. I remember this roguelike game I was really addicted to called Burrito Bison, which still exists today. But you're this luchador, like slash bison. You're like literally a bison in a luchador mask and you fling yourself from a wrestling ring into a sea of gummy bears 
and you try to splat as many gummy bears as you can and you die and then you upgrade yourself and you just keep going. And it's like, those have been around for a really long time, but it's really cool that they're now in a place where people can develop them to be full-fledged games. I think Crit hit in the the chat has a good point. I think indie games are at an all-time high as well. And I think most roguelikes tend to be indie games. I think Steam has a big part of it. I think he's correct. I think the Switch has a very big role. I think a lot of indie games play best on Switch. Yeah. Um, And it seems like Nintendo is really pushing for indie games. I think Sony and um, Microsoft have also kind of taken to this idea that indie games are something that people want. Um, So, yeah, I think think roguelikes are at a, a... at a point where they um i think they're at a point where they they're bigger than they've been in a long time and i think it's going to be something that continues to grow until it hits mainstream until the the market has been saturated too much i uh yeah i think it's interesting how the big three console publishers are really embracing indies in some surprising ways now like i mean microsoft such a huge supporter for like cuphead and even going back, I mean, I remember games like Braid. A lot of the, a lot of these indie games were exclusive to, like, the Xbox Live Arcade back in the day. Oh, I love Braid. And now I've never played it, and I really desperately want to and have Dude, it's for so many good. years. Um, and then now you, and then kind of going back to Cadence of Hyrule, we're now at the point where Nintendo, like one of the most, like, insular developers traditionally, looks at this, this indie game like this Western indie game and says, Hey, that's a good idea. Make a Zelda game out of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like I mean, the fact that they would trust anyone outside of Nintendo. I mean, I know Capcom has made a couple uh, Zelda games, but uh, I mean, that's Capcom, another, you know, kind of legendary Japanese developer for them to like, go to this little, this smaller team and say, we like your ideas uh, here have Zelda, have Link, make them playable characters in your, but include your main character from your game too. And uh, here, just have fun in Hyrule and make a game. Like I never thought we'd see the day. What's as weird as Spirit Tracks, but will play a little bit better? Yeah. (laughs) This thing. Okay, make it. I don't know. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about what I've been playing. Um, So I've been playing. No. uh, So, (laughs) All right, so Peaches and Gumby, who's also been on the show, um, good friend of the show, have been playing the Souls games. I mean, Peaches has started playing Bloodborne now. Gumby has been playing Dark Souls for as long as I can remember. Um, and so they've been sort of into these types of games. We had a lot of friends who were into them, and I just had never... I remember I've told the story multiple times where I went through Bloodborne, I went through the first level, I was like, nope, not for me, and then I turned it off and never turned it on again. Um and I sort of stayed with that for a long time, and I've been really wanting and itching to get you know into the genre because people seem to really, really enjoy it. And I don't want to be the the smelly kid left out of the party, you know. Fomo. I want to be, I want to be part of my friends. Like I want to be part of my, like, I want to do what my friends are doing. And so I was like, what do I need to do? What what game do I need to play for me to get into this? What game do I need to to sort of get into? And so I chose. Um, Neo. So for those that don't know, Neo is um, a game made by the folks who made Ninja Gaiden. And it is as if Ninja Gaiden and Dark Souls had a baby. And that's basically what Neo is. So it's this like, it's basically Dark Souls, but in Japan and you're a samurai. Um, and so Sekiro sounds like a very similar thing, but Sekiro, I think, which is the game that just came out from the same folks that make Dark Souls, um, 
is a similar game, but I think it's a little bit more about stealth and it's, it's a little different in style. Whereas I think um, Neo is a very much more true Dark Souls style game with a little bit of Ninja Gaiden thrown in there. Um, but it's very, very, very difficult. Um, but thankfully I've made a ton of progress in there and it's, it's very similar. I actually think I just played yesterday my favorite level that I've played so far. And it's a level with a bunch of ninjas and they're all hiding all over the place and they kind of spring up out of nowhere. And they're like, at some points you'll see them like hanging up on the ceiling, ready to jump down on you and all kinds of stuff. And uh, there's one point where I got lost and there were just nowhere to, there was nowhere to go. I went to every door, every door was locked. I went to every room and I had reached the end of every room. And then you turn around and out of nowhere, there's a ninja standing there. And he's like, you need to look closer. And so I looked around <laughs> and on the floor next to one of the walls, there were like drag marks in a circle. And if you get close enough, you're able to push the wall open and then go through and find like a hidden door, which leads you to an area where everything is upside down and you have to go through the area upside down and then you reach the end of the area and there's a talisman. And if you break the talisman, everything switches right side up and then you go back through the area right side up. We're going to have to put the the Eduardo saying spoiler alert. Well, we're going to have to clip that in right before <laughs> everything he just said. <laughs> that people that haven't played that don't uh, know the puzzle secret. I don't think it's that much of a secret because the game kind of tells you. It's not, I wouldn't call it a puzzle. I would say it's what happens in the level, but I wouldn't call it a puzzle. Um, I'm glad you're having fun with it, man. I Have you seen Sekiro? I have. And so... Are you thinking Sekiro about graduating? Is, well, if I, if I graduate, I'm going to end up playing Bloodborne because I have it on my PlayStation. And now that I'm like sort of into the genre, I think I could, I think I'd do better now, now that I've kind of like played a game that's like very similar. Sure. Um, and so I think Bloodborne my next, maybe Sekiro. I've heard a lot about stealth in Sekiro and how stealth is really important. And man, if there's one thing I don't like doing, it's stealth. I'm pretty I bad have, at I have just zero patience. I want to run in there like Duke Nukem, like, woo, America! So, wait, <laughs> so now I know why you don't like um, the Arkham games as much as you like the Spider-Man games, because the Arkham yeah, games just... had an element of stealth to them. Oh, there You haven't they gotten did. there, but there's an element of stealth in Spider-Man too that is a lot of there fun. There is, and I'm bad Oh, at is there? I, I, there is one part where I, I don't want to say too much. And Eduardo, how far are you? I have not actually finished Spider-Man yet. How have you? I finished. You finished. Okay. I finished it. Well, there's one part. Um, I will just say, this is not spoilery by a warehouse. Um, it's right before you meet someone new. I think so. Eduardo knows what I'm talking about. Um, but the, uh, I remember going through that and I took my time and, but it was, you can go in and just like, I think fight everybody. But I, I took like a good 20 minutes and just took everyone out one by one with like stealth web attacks and everything. I love that stuff. But my problem with stealth is that it is really frustrating to watch me play a game where you have to be stealthy because I am extremely cautious oh yeah so, like, that's why i'm the same way that's why i don't like it yeah i i like it because like i feel like accomplished if i if i don't get caught but i will wait and wait and wait uh like when i was playing um the uh burial at sea uh bioshock infinite uh the second episode of that is very stealth based and uh, angela was watching me and i could tell she was getting frustrated she's like you have a gun you know you can just go out there and i was like yeah but if they don't see me <laughs> I can just knock it out from behind. (laughs) 
Okay, oh and so this, this leads to something I need to ask both of you. So um, I told Chris this off stream, but um, I haven't told Peaches yet. Um, so I got a promotion at work earlier this past week. Hey. And my work is sending me to our California office for a week next week. So they're going to pay for like my hotel. They're going to pay for me to like, they're going to pay for my food. I'm just going to hang out in, in California, work out of California for a week, um, which is really cool. But when I'm not at work, I need something to do, right? I'm obviously going to go out on the town. Not really. I'm not a go out on the town kind of guy. I'm a video gaming kind of guy. And so what I want to do is I want to find a Switch game and play it while I'm out there. <laughs> now, there are two that I'm eyeing. One of them is going to be, you're going to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And the other one, you're going to think I'm stupid. All right. So the first one okay, yeah. is Dark Souls Remastered. Is that the one that I think you're stupid? No. Oh, okay. That one probably makes sense because I just finished, I'm playing Neo right now. Like it's a, it's an easy progression into the series. I can play Dark Souls. That one makes sense. So the okay. second one, the second one I'm thinking about playing is Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. And okay. I don't think that's stupid. No, that's, Have you that's, played it? that's a good game. I haven't played it, but I hear it's fantastic. That is a solid it's really game. Good. It's like Fire Emblem and Mario had a baby, if you want to talk about weird video game offering. <laughs> With Banjo-Kazooie yeah, music. Yeah. I hear it's really, really, really good. Um, and my wife is in the chat talking about how I'm going to abandon her and take the Switch with me. So Yeah, she doesn't need it. What's she, she going to do with it? She's got a lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I need you guys to help me make this decision. Do I pick up Dark Souls or do I pick up Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle? Um, I, so right away, I want to jump in and say that Gumby says a lot that people going between Neo and Soulsborne games typically yeah. have a hard time adjusting because the button configuration on both of them is not customizable and it's mm -hmm. different enough to mess you up. So I, my opinion on this is get Mario because it's a completely different game. You haven't finished Neo yet and you're going to go in there and you might learn to use the dark souls configuration. And then you're going to mess yourself up for Neo. That makes sense. Chris, what do you um, I have not played Dark Souls yet. I, I very much want to. Um, I will say, and you know, I am with you on that every game should be on Switch, but I've heard that the Switch port of Dark Souls is not, is that it's fine, but that it's not the best, and that it is one that is maybe better that. to play on PS4. Uh, I mean, if the portability I is really that. important to you, then, then yeah, get it on Switch, because I, sure. if I didn't have a PS4, because I, I am planning on getting Dark Souls at some point, but I think I've been swayed into getting it on PS4. Um, I have played Mario and Rabbids. Um, it is it's an, another game on my long list of games I need to finish. Um, but it is a lot of fun. Um, it has the weirdest sense of humor. Uh, it is um, it's got a lot of personality, and I'm a sucker for crossovers, as we all know. So you know, seeing like the Mario characters in this crazy game full of the rabbits dressed up as Mario characters is a lot of fun. And it's a well, game that Mario works so much like, better than has any right to. <laughs> Mario technically has a gun in that game. And from what I understood that, that like took a lot of work to create a gun that wouldn't like, that wouldn't piss off Nintendo yeah. because Nintendo, you know, very, very much cherishes Mario and they don't want him to like, it seemed like 
a dude with a gun. You know what I mean? Like it a gun feels, isn't necessarily a very Mario thing. It feels more like a super soaker than anything. Like it doesn't really feel like a gun. It has the properties of a projectile, but it yeah. feels more like a Nerf gun or a super soaker. Yeah, like it, it feels think, very. And I think that's on purpose. Yeah, sure. And I, I think that's on purpose. I think that's on purpose to like preserve that family friendly nature that is yeah i think um, you would like it there have been several times that i've gone over to our pal chris p's house and we will play that over there for a couple rounds it's cool because it's got like a very similar tile based movement system that fire emblem has but instead of having to be like because you're using projectile weapons instead of having to be right next to things to attack them you can attack them from a distance and the objects in the environment actually will block your shots. Yeah, it's like, so it's like XCOM it, kind of if you've played that. Yeah, that's another great comparison. Like it's 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 cool because you can be really strategic about your character placement. So I think you'll like it. Uh, crit hit don't get it twisted we are pc gamers yeah we just also partake in the systems also i'm not taking my pc to california all the Mm -hmm. ones that aren't xbox i participate in right same Um, yeah also though dark souls wise i think i i agree with chris that you're better off getting it on any of the platforms that exists on other than the switch right that makes sense yeah um so yeah i'll probably end up picking that up um so yeah like xcom but with mario Mm-hmm. Uh, I will. It's on sale right now for twenty bucks at Best Buy. So, uh, seems like a Eduardo. Why aren't you taking your your PC in a carry on with you onto the plane? There is no way I am bringing this thing. First off, buy this another thing costs seat. Way too much money. Hold on. Yeah. Buy another seat for your plane. Yeah, just like for your plane trip. You're not <laughs> pay for my own seat. You're not taking your wife. So put the PC in the seat next to you, and you can cuddle with it the whole time. I know. Who PC stands for PC? personal carry-on. Everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> he knows. Um, all right. I I think we've, we've figured out my decision. I think I'm going to make it. I'll probably pick up Mario Plus Rounds. Get about it because it's on sale right now. Waluigi time. There's lots of news to talk about. I want to talk about the story. Uh, talking about the Epic Games story. Mm. So... The Epic Games Store is getting a lot of traction right now because people really, really don't like it. Um, and so, Peaches, I didn't. And to be to be very transparent, I didn't write notes for the show today because work and this whole trip has been. There's been a lot to do, um, sure. and so I wasn't able to get some stuff done. And so I haven't told Peaches this. I, I was able to talk to Chris a little earlier and get him a little, at least a little bit of the information, so he knew sort of kind of what we we're going to be talking about. And this is one of the things I said. Um, <laughs> and uh, so the Epic Game Store is getting a lot of flack right now. And the reason for that is because they are having lots of exclusives. So lots of games are now going to be exclusively on the Epic Game Store. And a lot of PC gamers feel slighted by that because PC is supposed to be the non-exclusive platform. If you're on PC, you can play anything. Now, here's the thing. And I might not have invited the two best people on the show to talk with me about this because I think we're all going to be agreement in saying that's really stupid that you're upset about this. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I understand where they're coming from. And so um, the argument that I'm seeing a lot is uh, 
rather than earning your money or earning them coming to your platform, you're forcing them to your platform. You're not making them have a choice. And to me, here's what I say. I don't have to pay any money for this. All I have to do is download a launcher to play the game that I want to play. <laughs> I play my Blizzard games on my Blizzard launcher. I play some Ubisoft games on Uplay. I play Apex Legends on Origin. And then I play some games on Steam. I didn't have to pay for any of that besides the game. If I had to pay for another console, sure. But also, if you're as mad about that as you are, why aren't you also mad at PlayStation for having as many exclusives as it has? Or as Nintendo for literally being the platform exclusive monster for as many years as it's been? I guess I don't understand... There's something that's not clicking with me. Like, why are people upset? I just don't understand the whole concept. What is? Right. Re-explain this in baby. In baby. So Epic clearly, Games I'm in store. baby. So you've got the Epic Game Store, and it's competing directly with Steam. And yes. the way they're doing this is by saying these games are exclusive to the Epic Game Store. You can't buy them on Steam. You can only buy them on the Epic Game Store. Isn't that already the case? For a lot of those games? Sure. And I think Crit Hit has a point. The Metro thing... Um, yeah, but why is that Epic's fault? Like, sure, I understand. And so he's talking about... So Metro, a couple weeks before Metro came out, they announced it as an exclusive on, on, on Epic. And so everybody who had purchased it on Steam now isn't going to get to play it for the first year that the game comes out. Oh. They can ask for a refund and then repurchase it on Epic. But to me, personally... I am more mad at the people, the developers of Metro than I am about, about Steam because they're the ones, or at Epic, because they're the ones that made this deal, right? Like, yeah. I think I think people are just getting really upset at Epic for this thing. Um, and I agree, Crit Hit, Crit Hit has got it. I think the, it's, it's the developers of Metro's fault for this. I think Epic is doing a thing that people have been doing for a long time, which are these, these sort of exclusive. And I think people are sort of latching onto it and kind of going through a frenzy on it. Now, Chris, I know you've done some research on this um, because I told you about it a little earlier today. What are your, I, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Let me just read you my notes. Cause I, I typed up my <laughs> notes. Said, Epic, Epic <laughs> game store. I said, good things, more favorable revenue split for developers. I think that's, uh, that's cool. I think that's a really good thing. Um, and that's probably why a lot of, um, Developers are starting to release stuff on the Epic Game Store because they'll get more money for it. Um, Steam kind of dicks you over on that. Yeah. Well, Steam, it's it's 30% that Steam takes. 30%. You think Steam deserves 30% of the revenue of your game? Yeah, they get 30%. Then I think it goes slow my computer down. It goes down to 20% (laughs) after they sell a certain amount of copies, too, I think. But still. Still, it's like 83 I, or it's like 84 or 16 or something. It's it's a much more favorable split on the Epic store. Correct. They basically get $20 of my $60 purchase. Yeah. You know, like that's a lot. Right. That is. Yeah. Um, now, one of the uh, bad, uh, now some bad thing about it is when you have games becoming Epic exclusives without warning when they were promised on other platforms. Uh, so like... Um, I had a note satisfactory and Ashen were both promised for Steam and or Xbox Play Anywhere. Now they're Epic exclusives or at least timed exclusives. Steam actually called it unfair, like in a statement, when Metro Exodus switched to Epic exclusive after already taking pre-orders on Steam. I, I said it's kind of like a weird PC version of the console wars, which I think console wars are stupid, but um, 
But the, unless you're Xbox, yes, but the difference is that <laughs> the consoles are free and are just an extra program you have to open before you can play your game. Um, right. And it's just another way for these developers to make money. I said it's, it's, it's a weird business model because it has almost no effect on the consumer. You know, consoles, right. you can choose. I'm going to buy a PS4. This is going to be my conscious decision to buy a PS4 because I want Spider-Man. I want Little Big Planet. I want Shadow of the Colossus, whatever. Or I am going to buy a Switch because I want Mario and I want Smash Brothers and I want Zelda. Or I'm going to buy an Xbox because I want... They have stuff on PC. Like, everything that's an Xbox is on PC. So <laughs> I, I was, I was going to say... I was not going in for a make fun of Xbox, but the first thing that came to my mind was Cuphead. I'm like, Here, I'm like oh wait, Cuphead's coming I'll out finish. on Switch. I was like, oh, Sea of Thieves, like, that's it. on PC. So, or, or I want to buy an Xbox. Or I want to buy an Xbox because I need something to throw in my fireplace to start my fire. <laughs> but Halo's on PC too, isn't it, Eduardo? But <laughs> Halo is on PC. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is, we will talk about this later. But I think after the next generation. Xbox is out of the console. Race. Or to watch. Oh, I think so too. But that's the next. Uh, that's the next. Um, right. Yeah. Sure. Anyway, so I but... guess what confuses me about this thing then is that's that's what I was hung up on, Chris. Yeah. Is that it? It literally does not affect the person playing the games, other than they have to download another launcher. Yeah. Like, it's like I guess I'll click this icon instead it. of that one when I load up my game yeah um you know it's i just don't why would you be mad yeah i said it's weird because the competition is not actually among consumers it's between the uh and that's the other thing is that with consoles at least competition between like sony and microsoft and nintendo that leads to some technical and innovations you know like you know going back a few generations Oh, uh, you know, like like the the jump to three D graphics or uh, motion controls or portability or you know all sorts of you know online infrastructure. All of these innovations come up because of the console competition. You know, for better or for worse, is that the competition for the game launchers is almost entirely between the companies competing for developers because the launchers slash right. stores are free and they have to be somewhat hardware agnostic because they have to work on a wide variety of PCs. You know, it's not sure. like, oh, I'll get this game on the Switch because I want to play it portable or I'll get it on PS4 because I want to have the uh, the, the greater processing power. It's, oh, will I get this on Steam or will I get this on the Epic Game Store? Who cares? And I, and I could see I could see where people might be upset if like every launching platform took up 30% of their hard drive space. Like if it was that big that they had to devote, you know, 500 gigs just to putting the launcher on their PC, I could understand where people would be like, well, great. Now I have to have one terabyte completely free just so that I can have Epic and Steam. But that's not the case. Like they're they're not big at all. You could have every launcher that exists on a PC that was built 10 years ago and you'd be fine. Yeah. And then just buy it wherever the game is cheaper. Like, Oh, Steam's right. having a steam sale right now. I'm going to get the game on steam. Now, granted it is, I think it is kind of weird that now there are launcher exclusive games. I mean, that, because when PCs are all about, or at least from my understanding, 
you know, it's all about, oh, it doesn't have to be exclusive because it's on PC. I can play it on my machine. Sure. And it is a weird extra step. But at the moment, it doesn't really affect the consumer. Now, where it can down the line, I guess, is, you know, if, you know, with the, with EA or Epic or Valve or whoever making these deals with these other, uh, other companies, these other developers, like, oh, you know, come on to our launcher, you'll get more money that way, or we'll we'll throw some money your way, you know, you can ask some of our Fortnite money, and that will offset the loss that you're going to have by not being on Steam, and people will just end up downloading this anyway, because you need it to play Fortnite on PC, and that's what people have, or again, it's just an extra five minutes before you get the game. Uh, I don't know, I, I, I honestly just find the whole thing confusing, like, I, I get, uh, and the problem, I mean, it's definitely when you had people who were pre-ordering a game on Steam or whatever, and now they're like, surprise, it's not going to be on Steam. That's That sucks. Like, that, sure. that should not be happening. But You know, it could easily in the future turn into a monopoly. I mean, you guys kind of probably have a good understanding. Everybody out there that is using the internet whatsoever probably has a pretty good understanding of how, like, internet monopolies work, right? where you move to an area of the country and you're like, all right, great. What are my options for internet? I want to get, I want to get a good deal on internet. And it's like, you get spectrum. Yeah. Cool. What's, what else do I get? You get spectrum. No, like I want to know what my other options are. Well, if you move down the street by about 10 feet, you'll get AT&T, but then you don't get spectrum. So you, if you move, you can get an, and if you move to a different County, you'll get Comcast. There's like almost nowhere seemingly where there is a Venn diagram of internet options. You just get whatever you like, wherever you move to, whatever the services. And that could end up being a thing, I guess, in the future for these launchers where they're saying, you know, hey, I've got Cuphead on my platform. I have banned all other platforms from selling Cuphead because of that. And because we're better than Steam and we only, you know, we only charge, we only, um, whatever we don't charge devs as much for the games or whatever but we are going to add ten dollars to the game because if you want it you have to get it here there's nowhere else to get it so if you want the game you better buy it from us and then you've got all these dumb fees that you see like out in the real world like a handling fee like a two dollar handling fee like okay you had to put my item that i ordered in a box and that cost two dollars yeah well it was a two dollar fee to you know allow your computer to accept the upload of the launcher download so you know it's an extra three bucks for this game that's what we need it for you know cloud storage Mm -hmm. other words that don't make sense for this situation well, right, and, and I think that situation only really happens if you have a continued monopoly like Steam has had for as long as they have. And to be fair, Steam is pulling that extra money somewhere, but they're just not doing it from the consumer. They're pulling it from the developer because they're taking a 30% cut. So sure. rather than chopping that money off one end, they're doing it from the other. Sure. And so I don't think... But then you take away you take away the option of people to make like a more informed choice, right? Like if... If you could, if you're an environmentalist, right, and you could make choice A or choice B where choice A helps the environment more and choice B might be a little better for you personally, but it hurts the environment, you're going to take choice A, right, because you want to help the environment. 
in this situation, it's like, I know that Steam is taking 30% of that cut and Epic is selling that game for the same price and they're not taking that amount. I would prefer to buy it from Epic, but I can't now because Steam is like, you know, if everybody started doing this, Steam is like, no, sure. it's just on this platform. Mm-hmm. So now you have to make the choice to buy it from us I and give us your money. I've got a feeling that Steam won't do it because right now their platform is we're better than Epic because we don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, and I think they will ride that because here, here's the thing is if, if Steam starts doing it, how better are they than Epic? Then people are going to start being like, no, they're basically the same thing. Like they're the same platform. Like how big though does Epic need to get before Steam? And I'm not saying it will happen, but how, how big does Epic need to get before Steam doesn't feel like they have a choice? You know, and the other thing that Steam could do is they could start giving the developers more of a cut. You know, yeah, start trying could. to bring people back that way. And uh, Crit had made a made a good point in the chat that uh, Epic is doing everything right as far as trying to get people to come to their launcher by spending money to get these exclusives. You know, because if these are games people want, they, they're going to want to play them, they're going to have to download the Epic Game Launcher. And then maybe people will, you know, that that's what's going to get consumers to go to that and that's how it's going to get their money um you know another thing valve could do to get people to stay on steam is oh i don't know make some games um remember they used to do that and they were really (laughs) good at it portal 3 confirmed (laughs) whoa i I 100 agree and you know what i think i think we've kind of beat this epic games um topic down but i did want to say one last thing and i just think i think People, I, I've said this on the show multiple times. I really get, I really get fatigued by the pitchfork mentality of gamers right now. This sort of one thing is inherently evil, and everything else is good. So, like in this scenario, Steam is the almighty, and Epic is this demon that's trying to steal all of your money by having <laughs> exclusive games. I, I, I really, I, I get troubled by that sort of that, that disparity, that type of thinking. Um, and, and I, I think we as a community are better than that. And here's the thing is I think it's a vocal minority, but I think the vocal minority is very vocal. Um, oh yeah. And so I, I don't know. I think people just need to calm down, let Epic do their thing. And, and a lot of times just vote with your wallet. You know what? If a company is making a game for this platform and you don't agree with their practice, you probably shouldn't play the game in the first place. Right. Right. Don't You're trying to find a scapegoat, right. You're trying to find a scapegoat to still play this game but not be a part of this shady practice. But the company that's made this game is a part of this practice that you don't enjoy. Right. So you should be voting with your wallet and not just being like, the platform's the only problem, but the game developer's cool. Right, but let me keep paying them. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've, we've touched on this topic enough, but this could all be nothing in a few years. It could all just be thrown out the window. None of this could matter because of our next topic. So GDC happened earlier this week, and Google at a big press conference, and they announced their new platform, Stadia. And um, Stadia? Stadia. Like more than one stadium. Spell that. S-T-A-D-I-A. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought you said. Okay, Stadia. Stadia. And so Stadia is a streaming platform. And so the idea being they will stream games. And they touted the power of the systems they're using to stream these games to your computer. We're talking 4K. We're talking 60 frames per second when it launches. 
Um, so for those that don't know, to give a little background, a couple months ago, they had a stress test called Project Stream. And they That's let a few people stream Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And I was one of the people that was part of that beta test. In the beta test, I streamed Assassin's Creed Odyssey from my crap book laptop over there at 1080p, 60 frames per second. Not a single shed of lag. Not even a little. How old is that laptop? Five, seven years. It is a. It doesn't even. It's got like some sort of Pentium processor. It's got. It. It it is a hundred percent. So here's the thing: is the technology we're talking about doesn't use computing power at all. If your device can play a video, it can play Stadia. Sure. Because everything is done through the streaming service. So what they did was they got on stage, the guy started playing it on the screen, and then he moved over to a cell phone, and then he moved over to a tablet, and then he moved over to a TV, and then he moved over to a PC, and seamlessly was playing the exact same game from the exact same spot. And (laughs) it's absolutely insane. And coming off of this, I'm going to be honest, I was all in. I was really high on it. I was like, this sounds... So cool because one, they talked about how it's going to play. So you're going to be able to to play anywhere on anything. You're going to be able to you know play all these different games, and they're they're trying to be very developer focused. They're trying to be very. You're going to be able to port games over to it very easily. Um, so the the computing power is I think 10.4 teraflops, which is the same computing power as the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X combined. Um, and those are the type of servers that they're using to power this. And they have the infrastructure to do it. But then I got to speaking to my pal over here, Chris, and this is where the, the idea for the show came from, is because his view on this is very less, or very, I, I don't want to say less positive, but it's very different than my view on this. When I heard this, I was like, this is awesome. I get to play the games that I want whenever I want. Also, very important to you, Peaches. They also talked about how they want to integrate this with YouTube. So say you're watching somebody stream something on YouTube, you're able to click a button and in five seconds, you're playing the same game they are. And they're also talking about how, oh God, there's just so much to talk about with this. They also came out with a controller to play the games. So you, if you're on PC, you can use any Bluetooth controller, but they're making their own special controller that doesn't hook up to your, to your computer, but instead hooks up through Wi-Fi and independently hooks up to the game so that you can have the lowest lag possible so that you can use that controller and then turn off your your computer and then go to your TV, continue with the controller because it's hooked up through Wi-Fi and continue playing it on your TV. I I feel like you're just lying. Did you make all this I swear, this is all something that happened earlier this week. Isn't it insane? But I want to say that like I am... I don't know what his reaction was, what Chris's reaction was. I am more scared of that than excited by it. I don't know if I should be excited. Have you seen Wally? <laughs> <laughs> this is just a just a unrelated segue, but you've seen Wally, right? Because I don't know, there's like this plot point in Wally that's kind of eventually the focal point that this company called by and large that owned the entire world just ended up ruining it because they owned it all and they just wanted money and this kind of has a wally feel to it i don't know it kind of feels like by and large they're also targeting streamers so not only will is it going to be integrated with youtube but 
not your stream where you're playing the game, there will be a simultaneous separate stream that you can stream onto YouTube at the same time that you're playing. So you don't have to use any of your computer power to stream because they will stream the stream for you from the other side. So if we're doing a podcast on stream and somebody clicks into our podcast, they'll be podcasting too? (laughs) No, not necessarily. That was me being an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So I've built this up a lot. I've talked a lot about all the different features this thing has. I am very much excited for it but I can see the skepticism uh, because you're already halfway there. Mm-hmm. But I think Chris has some really nuanced opinions on this and I really want to hear them. So Chris, oh boy. what are your feelings on this? I know that they're going to differ from yeah. mine. So what, what oh, do you I'm think? I'm trying to think of all the things I said last you know, last week about that when uh, when they announced it. And my first, uh, my first thought was that I am an old man, apparently. Um, I, <laughs> I am a fan of physical media and owning the games and movies and CDs and whatever uh, that you want to have. Because if all these games ex- just exist on a server somewhere, then someday the people who run that server can, get, can say, okay, that game's done now. And then you can't play it anymore. And uh, as someone who thinks that it's very important that game preservation is really important and is something that the industry has completely failed at. Um, I, I just think that's a dangerous, uh, you know, road to go down. If Google obviously wants us to be the future of gaming, and I think it can be part of the future of gaming, but if this is where it's going, I don't like it. I want off. Um, because you know, and it's kind of this, and yes, I use Netflix, I use Hulu and, you know, we use Spotify in the car and all that, but, Again, if if someday a contract dries up, you know, like like I was a you know I was a big I was binging Doctor Who a few years back, and it was all on uh, on Netflix. And then one day, and fortunately, I had finished it by this time. But eventually, that contract ended, and Doctor Who was not on Netflix anymore. So if I wanted it, I needed to get a different streaming service, you know, figure out where that was. But if you buy the first season box set of Doctor Who, you have it. And you can watch it whenever you want. Uh, so I, I don't like the idea of, you know, getting to a point where, you know, all of our games just exist in the cloud somewhere because eventually that cloud can go away. Uh, and then what happens to these games? They're not preserved. But if people can actually buy the games, you've always got a way to play it. You know, I, uh, you know, you can still play your NES or your Genesis or super NES from when you were a kid. If you still have that game, if you take care of it, you can still go back and play those games. They exist. Uh, so that's, that's my first concern with it. My second concern is that there are a lot of places in the country where the internet connection is not that great still, you know? Um, I think I saw somewhere on average that the U S has faster internet speeds than like the world average, but U.S. is also a very big country, which means that there are parts of the country that are going to be way below that average. And there are going to be other parts of the country that are going to be way above the average. And that's how it, you know, evens out. So imagine, you know, living in a place where you don't have access to really strong Internet, where you don't have Google Fiber or something. uh, And you have to rely on that to stream a video game. And I can see that getting really frustrating, whereas... 
if I lived in the middle of nowhere with no internet connection, as long as I had a TV, a console, an electrical outlet, and an HDMI cable, I can play whatever game I want. You know, so that, um, uh, so that, you know, that that's a concern as well. Uh, along with, yeah, they've got you know these huge servers, but uh, imagine once everyone starts using them, you know, that's going to be taxing to it, and that can be. Uh, like I, and I could be wrong. I could just be very ignorant on how the internet works. Uh, but you know, if you are very far from where those servers are being held, you're going to have it a little bit worse than someone who lives closer to, you know, wherever it is. And the more people are trying to access it, the slower it's going to get. Uh, so, so I I could see that being really, really kind of frustrating. Um, I probably said some other things about it. Uh, those are. You know, those are among my bigger concerns. Uh, they involve some curse words, yeah. like <laughs> that is my favorite curse word, as everyone knows. Yeah, I don't so, know what it, I just did, but somebody is in pain somewhere. I feel like I have some retorts to this, but I don't want to like poo-poo on your opinion because I think there, it's, <laughs> it's a solid. I think it's a solid stance to take, right? Like, I think it, it makes sense to be skeptical about something like this. And what I'm going to say is going to come off like kind of an asshole, but. I, I think because I'm the only one that's actually experienced the platform, that's why I have a lot less reservations than a lot of mm-hmm. other people. Um, because I experienced it on my not great laptop. I don't have the world's best internet. Yes, I have probably better than average, but they've already talked about this. And um, Eurogamer actually ordered an article because they got exclusive access to sort of stress test it. And they said the minimum requirements is 15 megabits per second, which is like potato internet <laughs> at this point. Obviously, for some parts of the internet, that's a little, you know... Unless you live where I live before this. Some parts of the country, no, it it might take a little bit more. And they haven't talked about pricing one bit. Crit Hit has a great point. They haven't talked about pricing once. This is not talked about if it's going to be a subscription model, if it's going to be like a service platform. Whatever it's going to be, they haven't said a word about it. They just talked about sort of what it is in its very infant stages. Um, I want I, I, so first off the whole fifteen megabits fifteen megabits per second. So there, an argument can be made that the demand for better internet, the demand for people wanting to use this platform, will bring this type of internet to those type of places, right? Like th- an argument can be made that because they are doing this, because it is getting as popular as it is, it will lot of fire under ISPs to bring faster internet to the masses because somebody like Google has been talking about for years that ISPs are very notorious for holding back the amount of internet that they're able to give to to try to nickel and dime people for as much money as they can. I mean, Google tried to make their own, I think, internet thing not too long ago. I think a very valid concern is Google has a habit of abandoning things if they don't work out fairly Mm -hmm. quickly. And I think that's something to be really, really concerned about. Google Plus. There are just, there's literally like a, just a compendium of things. Google was like, we're going to do this thing. And then they were like, Hey, remember that thing we were going to do? We're not going to do that thing anymore. Um, And so I think that's, in my opinion, where the strongest argument for, for concern about this. But as we can talk about in a sec, doesn't sound like Google is going to be the only player in the space. I, I, I got to real quick, just disagree with the ISP thing that you said. Like I do agree that ISPs will nickel and dime you as often as they can. They are very, all ISPs are very well known 
to somebody for throttling internet. There's not a single ISP out there that has not throttled someone's internet connection that has just waited for you to call them. They're not going to notice. We, we provide 100 megabytes per second to them, but we're going to give them 13. And if they, if they notice, they notice. There's no way that if something that big launched, they wouldn't continue being capitalist bastards. They would increase the price of their internet service because they know that people have to have it to play games. Like there's no way it would cause them to work harder. They would do the same thing, but they'd charge more money for it. Yeah, I that it makes sense, and I I get it. Um, but I think I don't know, man. I I like to think on the positive side of life, but I want well, to think. Fair. Well, and you know the way capitalism is designed, you know that's how things should work. <laughs> um, uh, and I think it I think it sort of makes sense. To, to have this sort of skepticism, right? Because a company like Google, especially with things like people's information recently, has has not had the best track record for, you know, <laughs> being nuanced in this field. Wait, what do you so, mean? Well, I mean, Google has been notorious for a long time for like taking your information while you're using Google. I was being, my wife I was being facetious. You, my wife could literally write you a dissertation on the subject. Maybe uh, she should. She's writing one on Milo Yiannopoulos right now. <laughs> It's actually really I bet. I actually kind of want yeah. to read that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was being facetious. But, but no, no, I get it. I get it. And I, I think it's there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of ground. And so we can talk about this very quickly. But Stadia isn't the only company or isn't the only platform that's going to be coming out with this. So this came out. The Google came out with their thing, and Microsoft was like, "All right, Google, we see you. E three, it's our turn." And so the, the theory being. Microsoft is going to announce their own version of this sort of streaming service in at E3. And to be clear, PlayStation already has this. If any of you are familiar with PlayStation Now, you can already stream PS3 games on your PlayStation. And to be fair, the quality a lot of the times isn't great. The, the, the way it works in PlayStation, it's very hamstrung by your internet connection. You, there's a lot of skipping. It doesn't necessarily work the way it should. When I played Project Stream, the Google version, I didn't experience any latency. I didn't experience any stutter. I it was like I had I had installed the game and was playing it directly off of my PC. And so I think Google's infrastructure, which it has over any other company that could do this, is what sort of sets it apart. Because Google has a gigantic fiber optic network all over the planet. And I think that sort of sets it apart from some of these other companies where you could go, well, I don't know how they're going to do that because what are the servers going to handle? Whereas Google kind of is all over the place. But that kind of takes us back to the original point of Google's going to take over the world and we're all going to become <laughs> Well, I don't, that, might be, <laughs> that might be a little bit of a hyperbole for me, but also it's fairly possible. I, uh, I don't know. The other thing that you just made me think of was the fact that to do this, I'm going to need an internet connection period. One thing that I kind of like about, um, and obviously when I'm streaming, this isn't possible because no matter what I'm playing, whether the game itself requires an internet connection or not, I need to have the internet connection to stream it. I have to have that to have a streaming service where people can come and chat with me while I'm sure. playing the game. But at the same time, when I'm not streaming and I want to play a game, you know, just to myself, and it doesn't require an internet connection, it's really great that there's not a single possibility that a dropped internet connection can change my game. You know, like, 
I can't lose my progress because my internet went out when I'm playing Spider-Man. If my power goes out, I can lose progress. But internet, you can turn the internet on and off a thousand times while I'm playing Spider-Man and it doesn't matter because it doesn't need the connection. So that's one other thing too that would keep me a little bit hesitant was that even if they have the most powerful network in the world, it's going to have outages. Like, right? Even perfect machines aren't always perfect. You know, sure. they they will they will break and they'll need to be fixed at some point. I you know I almost and I I want to give Chris a chance to speak on this. I'm sure it looks like he's got some stuff to say, really. but I almost <laughs> I look at it from the exact opposite point of view. Like I think about the person that can't doesn't have money to buy a console, and I think about them being able to buy a twenty dollar Chromecast, plug it into their TV hook up a Bluetooth controller and go because they have an internet connection. They pay $80 for the controller and then the Chromecast and then like $60 a month for the internet subscription. And a lot of what you got to think. A lot of that they would already have. No pricing on any of this To be fair. I think that's what Eduardo's getting at. Well, and that's, yeah. yeah, right. The argument being they would have a lot of mistakes. In, in today's day and age, we can be clear that the people that want to play video games have an internet connection. Sure. You could you can extrapolate that. Like we can make that parody, right? Like if you sure. want to play video games, most likely you have an internet connection. So you're already going to be step one. We don't know what the pricing model is, and you're correct that it could be some exorbitant amount. It could be super high and it could cost a lot of money. In my opinion, I don't think that's the way Google does this. I think Google does one or two things. It either does a subscription service where you pay a certain amount of money to use the platform every month, and then you'll have to buy the game separately, or it, it tacks it onto the game itself. So there's a sort of game tax or fee. You pay the game and associated with the game is a, is a small fee you pay that goes straight to Google. Those are the two sort of systems I see. I don't fee. see, sure. I don't <laughs> see this sort of subscription Netflix style thing that a lot of people seem to see. I don't think Google does that. I don't think Google has this large library where you can pick a bunch of games and pick and choose. No, I think they're still going to try to, I think of Google Stadia as another console when I think about it. I just think the way you pay for that console is going to be a little different, but I, I see it as a platform rather than a, a, a Netflix app, if that makes any sense. And I think the idea being, at least for me, that somebody who doesn't have a lot of money could just pick up a controller and a Chromecast, which in theory is a lot cheaper than picking up a console and be able to play current AAA titles at their full resolution. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, that it's is... It's not a bad idea. I just, I'm skeptical. Yeah, and, and that's a valid point because I think that will kind of open it up to a lot more people. Um, I just think there are some drawbacks to it as well. Nothing, nothing is perfect. Sure, and I mean, no, and you're you're absolutely right. I do think that this is where the the medium is headed. I think whether we like it or not, this is where we're going, and it'll be interesting to see where it pans out. Um, if people hold on, because I think right now gamers probably more than any other type of genre. And I think lots of genres and sort of subcultures are heading this way, have a lot of agency over where the genre is heading. If the collective medium wants to go one way, it seems like the video game developer market is going to shift in that direction. If people really don't like Stadia, people are going to shift back to consoles. But if people, and if people are in an uproar about getting to keep their physical media, I think the market will, I think the market will move. But I also think that if you're going to give Google a little bit of room with this, they're going to run with it. And I think it's going to be really hard to beat if it works the way they say it's going to work. But a lot of it is, you know, 
And and crit hits right, and that and that's when people forget about the epic game slasher. That's what I said earlier. That's where people throw a lot of these things. Like, who cares about Steam and Epic at this point? Because you're going to use Google Stadia for everything, and you're going to play a game on your phone and then walk over and play it on your TV. Google's like silly peasants, silly it's, bonnet it's, wearing peasants. You know, and and cats right. Computers are not going to have CD drives, and you know, to be fair, we. video games are one of the last mediums to move away from physical media right like cds are sort of still around but not really um the movies i think are still going but are definitely a dying genre right like physical medium of movies is starting to taper off and i think video games are sort of the last the last remnants of a, a device that you buy that you put in a physical media and then you play it right hell i know lots of people that don't buy anything physical anymore they have their playstation they have a large hard drive on it and they pay for everything off of the digital store and they don't own a single game because they don't want it to collect i have a ton of switch games and only three switch actual physical games like physical only three of them are actual physical games you know i i thought really hard to have a a, a ps4 with a cd drive because i wanted to play Uh blu-rays and have physical media but it's so much more convenient to have it there digitally and i think the casual consumer is going to really feed into this digital give it to me now concept rather than having because like say in today's day and age if you want information you get it immediately if i want a video game i can go and i can buy it and i can play it in seconds and i think we're going to move into that more direction more and more because right now i have to wait okay I, i shouldn't have said seconds but i can play it in a couple hours imagine if i could play it in seconds imagine if i could say i want to play the i want to play bloodborne 2 on stadia imagine this world where i want to play bloodborne 2 on stadia stadia is going to give me immediate access to play 10 minutes of it and that's going to be my demo and if i like it i purchase it and then i get to play the rest of the game 10 minute demo would let you die to the first enemy imagine, 16 times <laughs> imagine being imagine being ninja and playing a game of Fortnite. And anyone in the country who is currently on a stream can click to queue in, and then all of his viewers get jumped into his game with him. And then uh, Epic's not mad about whatever uh, whatever's going on in the community anymore again. I'm just saying that yeah. the ideas for ways to revolutionize this platform. Say you're a say you're a fighting game streamer, and you have a gauntlet set up. Say you're you're you stream Smash, and Smash isn't going to be on City, but say say it is. Say Smash is on Stadia. You could have a system where people can click in and then they can play you immediately. And you could have like a line of, of your viewers ready to play you in, in Smash. It's like a like, virtual arcade again where you're throwing your quarter on the machine. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think there are a lot of really interesting ideas here, which is why I, I, I'm sort of trying to like champion it and fight for it because I think there's a lot of really cool things that can be a part of it if it works as well as they say it does. But I think you're both right in skepticism to say, one, it's really hard to believe that it is going to work this well. And two, there are a lot of ways for it to get messed up and for it to get kind of murky and kind of like not it could it could work well, but also be really like toxic and not very not very good for the for the medium or for the for the movement or for the culture. Yeah. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's definitely something that again, I think it potentially, if they can get it to work the way they think it should and not like on live 10 years right. ago if you remember that um right and granted of course technology has 
has made several leaps since then. Um, like I said, I, I think it has a place in the landscape of the future, but I don't think that it would be a good thing if this is what it becomes like just exclusively. And I, th- I think, and I'm one of those rare people that thinks that there will always, and I'm, 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 I'm prepared to be wrong about this, but I think just the way that the video game industry is set up right now, especially when you, you know, for better or for worse, you have these companies that control the ecosystem of at least consoles. Uh, I think there will always be space for consoles just because that is where Nintendo and Sony and, and I, I do think Microsoft is kind of backing out of it, going into a more as a games as a service thing. But I think Sony and Nintendo, and I think at least Nintendo, because that seems to be their, you know, they're, they're always iterating on the hardware in different ways to change the gameplay styles for the games that they want to make. Uh, so I think there will always be a console space. Now, whether it's as big as it is now, uh, I can't tell you. But um, I think we're going to see at least for the next 10, 15 years, it's going to be some sort of mix of these things. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I think... I think it's really interesting to see where the medium is going, but I also think it's really interesting to see where we came from, like this interesting game that Chris is going to talk about for a sec. So Chris, how about you give give the folks a little bit of backstory about Okay, yes. I, about. I just brought this up in our... Uh, I discovered this, and this this article was going, on, going around about this very interesting game um, about a week and a half ago. And I read it, and I thought it was the most amazing thing I had ever seen. So... There's an unreleased game uh, for the, that was being developed for the Sega Genesis um, back in the 90s. Uh, I'm trying to find out the year. And it was called Cosmic Hardball. Yes, it was called Cosmic Hardball. And what this was is this was a football game, American football, but not just any American football game. This was an official licensed alien versus predator American football game. And uh, I have an article about it right here. So I'm just going to share some of the important details. All right. So this is roughly translated from the Japanese text uh, from uh, the concept art. It says mankind had neutralized the 400 plus year war between aliens and predators. Now they have agreed to finalize the conflict by American football on Earth. The Alien Football League and the Predator Football League were born and fierce battles engaged for the Super Bowl title. There was only one new rule. The quarterback must be human. So (laughs) there is a human quarterback who is either on a team full of xenomorphs or a team full of predators. And all throughout the country... uh, all throughout the United States, the uh, there was the Alien Football League and the uh, Predator Football League. So the teams in the Alien Football League were the Anchorage King Salmons, the Los Angeles <laughs> Blade Runners, which A-plus Ridley Scott reference in there, right there, uh, the Houston Exterminators, the Chicago Dirty Heroes, the Dallas Jet Flying Kickers and the Washington, D.C. Bashings. Their league's motto was 
My mom is the team owner. I crave some fresh human quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm assuming the alien <laughs> is referring to the alien queen as the commissioner of the alien football league. When it says my mom is the team owner. Now the predator football league had the Seattle samurai Mifunes, the San Francisco black catfish, the Detroit big three, the Las Vegas American Dreams, <laughs> the <laughs> the New York Psychic Murders, Whoa. and the Miami <laughs> Dolphin Creatures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Their yeah. motto, the Predator Football League motto is, my chieftain is the team owner. I will turn you into a fully grown quarterback warrior. So, uh, like I said, this is all roughly translated from Japanese. If the game had ever been completed, they might have redone uh, some of this. Um, but there is concept art out there. Uh, very little concept art. Um, but yeah, it's set in the year AD 2702. Um, and the uh, the tagline of it was, so you want a Genesis game with real impact? And I'm going to share this picture right now. But I highly encourage all of you who are listening into this and not watching the stream to search for this because you have not lived until you have seen this xenomorph in a football uniform <laughs> with the cosmic hardball logo. I mean, just that almost like um, like a character from Heroes of the Storm wearing. A football uniform. Yeah, I agree. Like Mouthiel or something, wearing a football uniform. I, 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 I cannot stress enough, by the way, that I just got to describe this this alien. So those of you who are familiar with the classic H.R. Giger design of the alien, it's got a big old, you know, phallus head. Um, the helmet is only covering the very front part of it, and then the rest of the head is just sticking out behind the helmet. Yeah. Now the alien probably doesn't even need a helmet, but just the fact that it has a partial helmet covering the front of its head, uh, it's just so great. And the fact that this game does not exist just proves that we are not living in the best of all possible worlds. And well, twenty seven oh seven. You know, I I can't wait that long. I'll probably be dead by then. <laughs> now we'll freeze you. We'll cryogenically oh, freeze you. Yeah. And you'll wake up and every video game that you've ever remember being played is all gone and everything is no. streamed. And you only play games that were made oh, five minutes man. ago. Except for Alien versus Predator oh, football. We can only hope. <laughs> no, 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 that was the remake. Oh. That's actually you're actually gonna play Alien versus Predator four remastered. Football four. But you know what? As long as I get yeah. to play some game in the Alien versus Predator football, and you know, I, I would love for this to become a thing. You know, where not only does Alien versus Predator, you know, Cosmic Hardball American football come out, but we need some Alien versus Predator baseball. And it's opening day. Uh, about some 
Alien versus Predator beach volleyball. Uh, you know, you want to see, you know, the alien out there in a bikini, you know, just have uh, the dead or alive people make this game. Um, <laughs> False. <laughs> alien, alien versus Predator curling. That I'm in for. Mm. But they curl chestbursters. Yes. What about a Mario Aces style Alien versus yes. Predator tennis game? Alien and Predator at the Olympic Games. Uh... <laughs> SSX Tricky Alien versus yes. Predator. Oh, man. Uh, alien versus Predator Tony Pro alien Skater. Pro skater. <laughs> yeah. Alien versus Predator Hockey. I mean, it's just, there are just, there's no bad idea in the bunch. Uh this is going to be completely off topic, but do you guys remember the street games? Because that got me thinking of what if they like got even further and were like Alien versus Predator NBA Street. I remember NFL like street. oh yeah, there was NBA Street, there was NFL Street, there was FIFA Street. Uh, I believe there was a I believe yeah. I remember actually one. the um, the Nintendo console versions of those games included special content where you could play as like Mario and Luigi and like NBA Street. That was a thing. Oh, yeah. Dude, that sounds awesome. Was it regular size Mario or was it oh, mushroom yeah. Mario? Oh, are we going to get into this debate here? <laughs> uh, that was more of an, uh, yeah. an allusion to our previous yeah. debate. Not a can opener. But <laughs> Cat's, cat's like, no, please. Uh, please, stay. please do not. Oh, God, how dare you? <laughs> well, the first cat to leave at the sound of a can opener. Um, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> So I think that's actually gonna it's gonna be a nice place to close we it out for this episode. That. We've had a lot of really interesting discussions. I am off to California for a week, but after that we'll have another show, um, and we'll see what happens moving forward. I haven't even talked to Peaches about this, but the day of the show might change, um, and we'll talk about it after the show. Uh, but dude, ruining my stream that. schedule over here. We will we will let you know if that ends up happening. Um, but I think. We're, we're gonna we're gonna take off here, but first we're gonna let the folks know where they can find us. So Chris, where can the folks find you? All right, you can find me on the Twitter at GatorSax2010. That's G A T O R S A X. Um, that's about it. Although um, there's can't say too much, but I might have a little something in the works uh, where you might be able to hear from me a little more often. I got a lot going on right now in my life, but. Uh, Maybe once we get past, you know, me getting married and going on a honeymoon and all of that, uh, there's a little project. Keep your ears open. I'll let you know. Yeah. Ooh. How's that for a tease? Yeah. Really Eyebrows raising over here. I will be asking oh, yeah, some we'll questions. Speeches, where can the folks find you? Sorry, I got to get my eyebrows to stop. <laughs> just freaking out while i tell everybody twitch.tv slash peaches you can find me there you can find me there wednesdays thursdays saturdays sundays you can sometimes find these guys there hanging out and chatting too if you want to chat with all of us sometimes we're all there most of the time i'm there and uh you know we're playing we're playing grandpa world 2 still but we're having a good time and we're playing bloodborne we're almost done with that maybe we'll do some new game pluses uh specifically i know that this won't make it to spotify and other places where podcasts are found before then but if you're listening live i would love for you to join me on saturday tomorrow is actually my anniversary of streaming but i'm not 
streaming tomorrow, so I'm going to celebrate it on Saturday with you guys. And I want to go back to the very first stream where I suffered a lot through a link to the past randomizer and see without practicing it for months if I can do it again. Um, so if you've never seen Link to the Past Randomizer or you just want to celebrate a year of streaming with me, I'll be at twitch.tv slash peaches on Saturday, like I usually am, but playing something a little different yet familiar. That's all I got. Oh, yeah. So D underscore peaches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you can find me over at twitch.tv slash Eduardo. I've been streaming a little more. I was streaming Neo just a couple days ago. Um, so come hang out as I continue on my journey to play hard games like my friends because <laughs> I ain't no bitch. Um, you can find the show, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Find the show. Um, you can find all of us on Twitter. We got at GatorSax. 2010. 2010. No. Yep. 2010. 2010. Good try. We got at D underscore Peaches <laughs> and at one That's going to do it for myself, for Chris, for Peaches. Good luck. Fun. And is Stadia really that bad? Like, I feel like it's not that bad. The only Stadia I care about are Stadia where I can go watch aliens and predators play football. Uh, Solid. Bye, everybody. <laughs>So, Satan, tell me, what is your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the, the current state of video games and how it pertains to, you know, hell and all that? Well, as the Dark Lord of the Universe, <clears throat> I am a big fan of microtransactions. Uh, yeah, I, what, do you, what do you think about loot boxes? Loot boxes? I have been using loot boxes for literal millennia. Uh, it used to be that, you know, people would try to make a deal with me, uh, usually in exchange for their soul, and uh, they'd get a few surprises, you know, they, they, they had one guaranteed outcome, but there'd always be some extras in there. Uh, I like to think of it as the original loot box, really. That makes sense. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks for being on the show and taking some time out of your busy schedule, you know, torturing people to be on the Squad Up podcast, Satan. I really appreciate it. Hey, you know, people are taking most of it for me these days, so uh, <laughs> I, had, I had some spare time. <laughs>